0: Welcome to Expert Opinion, the branding business forum where leaders share their views, insights and experiences from the world of B2B branding. And now, here's your host.
1: Welcome to Expert Opinion. My name is Michael Dula and our guest today is Alex Fox of Tech Data, the global IT distributor. Alex started his career in consumer broadcast and has spent the last 15 years as a B2B marketing expert in the pharma and tech space. As TechData's Director of Creative Services for the Americas, Alex leads creative teams and planners implementing marketing activity for both the corporate organization and the manufacturers they call on. As a leader for TechData's global MarCom community, he helps to structure and facilitate activity amongst the global community of 38 countries and 60 members. As a part of the Global Brand Council, Alex helps to guide and police the global brand. Alex joins us today from Tech Data's corporate headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida. Alex, welcome to the show. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Recently, you led uh, Tech Data's marketing creative teams through a global brand launch effort. The rebrand opportunity was created by the acquisition of Technology Solution Division, of Avnet to create the first end-to-end IT distributor. Can you talk a little bit about the massive undertaking, Alex, and how did this event shape your philosophy about the brand?
0: Sure. Yeah, massive is probably a good word for it. It was such a a dynamic and large-scale initiative, fairly truncated. You know, we had massive amounts of, of, of audiences and partner types, which... You know, we needed to bring into market research and, and collect all kinds of data from, you know, there was so much data and, you know, the, the branding business team did such a great job of organizing that for us to make informed decisions, but still just the various amounts of audiences, partners, data, all the regions across the world and the cultural preferences, you know, the needs of so many employees. We're about 20,000 employees, so recognizing the needs of all those various departments, which are pretty dynamic. You know, you have sales, marketing, IT, shared services, different levels of of employment, different styles of employment. The undertaking of understanding all those needs, you know, the data, the people, the partners, the regions, being able to make sure that we're delivering collateral tools, resources, and ultimately the communication of this rebrand. You're taking, it was a lot to consider and a lot to think through. And as we went through that journey, know, all these things really shaped my philosophy on the brand, especially the the market research information and the surveys that we completed and the perspectives that we collected. And I think that philosophy also was was defined for the executives and, you know, ultimately as we communicated and carried it out for our common employers. And that philosophy is so important. You know, the, the proper brand combination of an acquisition and What our organization needed is, they needed a rallying cry, and they needed a philosophy that they understood and that they could get behind. And you know, and for my team, the event of this undertaking it shaped our philosophy, and it and it shaped a lot of passion around that that brand as well. And you know, one one thing that was kind of interesting was that the purpose of this recent rebrand that we just completed a few months back was in response to an acquisition two large organizations coming together and, and really defining the future for them. But prior to that, I was involved in doing a rebrand here at Tech Data about two years earlier. This was before the acquisition was in the picture. And, you know, it's a different kind of exercise. It was something that we went about on smaller budgets, and we went about absence of market research and absence of employee involvement. And the outcomes were much different, you know. I mean, we still had people energized by the rebrand and excited by the rebrand mainly the graphics and the design but it was not a philosophical shift it was more of a design and a modernization exercise and I think that there's a lot of reasons for that but fundamentally you, you need the the data and the information you need involvement and perspective and that's what really enacts change in belief systems and I think that that's what formed my you know passionate philosophy on the brand
1: Yeah, really interesting, Alex. I mean, a tremendous amount of mind sharing and coordination. We always say that brands are always built from the inside out, properly educating and onboarding your your internal creative teams about the direction of the brand. And that's extremely a critical ingredient, especially as you launch the brand out into the public eye. I'm curious. Uh, as your teams span different locations and languages throughout the world, how do you unify your people? How do you make them committed brand stewards to ensure that the Tech Data brand is communicating both internally and externally with very unwavering consistency? Sure. I mean, I think
0: that for us, it started with with education. I'll back up. It started with building the brand well, making a lot of thoughtful decisions. But once that brand was built you know some of these things are painstaking but uh, the benefit is is that if you put in the effort up front you have the consistency and you do less policing and you have less maintenance on the back end but the education process we we hosted a series of about a dozen trainings and were trainings that we established and built with automation so that you know we could monitor the participation and make sure that people were involved and, you know, interacting and and participating in full through that training. And then upon completion and and when our data showed that they had participated for the full meeting, we would deliver them a whole suite of assets, the fundamental assets that they needed. But but the other part was that it was kind of a little bit of a carrot, right, where we gave them the assets beyond just the core stuff so that they could really have fun and, and get excited by what they had access to. You know, I think effective brand guidelines, You know, having that as a reference, you know, that's essential. But in addition to that, building one-sheeters, you know, identifying the various personas in your organization so that you can kind of understand how people are going to use your brand and developing one-sheeters or little toolkits so that they have a go-to guide and something that they can print or something that they can easily access and reference quickly. Another thing we did was we had an approval process where for the first Two months of development, we had everyone submit their materials that were built from new. And there was a a common email address, and they submitted those things, and and we would give an approval. And I think that 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 made them accountable to do the right thing. And of course, it was the scenario where the first three weeks we saw all kinds of things that needed correcting, and you course correct or you you adjust that behavior then. And that, that helped with a lot of better outcomes. And then I think beyond that were just some simple things like having a good digital asset management system. You know, providing resource libraries, things like that, that really help to to guide people along and and give them the the ability to be more successful.
1: Yeah, I think that interesting whole emotional side of getting people involved and getting people on board and getting them excited is really an important component to pushing the brand out and towards launch.
0: Yeah, I think that involvement, they, they feel a part of this movement, right? It's an exciting yeah. time and they feel included and they want to do the right thing.
1: I know that branding business work with tech data from beginning to end through the brand strategy and brand design process. Our design team specifically worked hand in glove with you and your team to revitalize the tech data brand identity system. I'm curious, Alex, how did our role help your team through the process?
0: It helped tremendously. And again, you know, I, I had a, a recent, brands to really compare to. And I think that having an outside, external, you know, unbiased partner, perspective and opinions are, are grounded in data and grounded in expertise. You know, I think that that helps in many ways. It helps especially in, in the strategic development, you know, because we found that there were a lot of internal divisions, internal groups that were fueled by passion, right? They built some things from the ground up or they had a lot of stake and a lot of investment and having an unbiased partner really, you guys really helped to neutralize those passions and those perspectives that were biased. And you, and you helped to really be that that sounding board, that was the litmus test, that's the barometer, so to speak. And it helped with adoption too, where you know it wasn't the opinion, or it wasn't the internal perspective. It it was essentially it was this expert opinion that helps with adoption, where it was more trusted from a design perspective. I've used internal groups to develop graphics and branding and, and, and to develop elements for brand launches and rebrands. And, you know, I think with the internal design and creative team too, it, it helps with adaption because it isn't one person on the team's winning selection or it isn't that subjectivity. It's it's something where, you know, there there's this partnership and that partnership is, is grounded and nothing but the benefits and outcomes of, of the rebrand. And, you know, branding rules are rules. When it comes to having the support of your group, it's not the preference or an individual's idea for guidance. It's really something that's grounded in past history and perspective on brand and data. It really legitimizes it for the organization. And you know, my team, they were a part of, like you're saying, you know, getting people involved for the launch. There were things that they could have recognition for, but you know, it was really great to have your guidance and your partnership through that just really help the focus be on creating the best brand possible without any internal motives.
1: I always think that partnership and teamwork is critical to accomplishing the end state. I'm curious, what were some of the biggest challenges that you and your internal teams faced along the way? How did you overcome those challenges?
0: With an organization like ours, we do a lot of, a lot of things for our partners, but at the core of our business is distribution. You know, I think that with that, there are so many elements from trucks to signs to everything with conveyor belts and packaging. There were so many elements associated with the infrastructure where some of the infrastructure costs limited some of our decisions. I kind of had a sense that that was going to be in play, but, you know, I think that that was one thing that came up that, I guess, to some extent was unexpected. And we found some good common ground in terms of areas in which we could make an impact to incorporate the brand without incurring too much expense. Another little thing was just scheduling of time. For a global organization, for a busy organization, just scheduling time. one thing that we were doing is creating floating meetings so that, you know, looking at Asia Pacific, Europe, and America, if we're on a meeting at the same time, someone's going to be inconvenient. Someone's going to be wanting to be with their family or wanting to sleep. We would have floating meetings where, you know, every third meeting would impact one of those regions, right? So that it was convenient for everybody, at, at least most of the time or some of the time. There were some things that were unknown, like we had a, we actually had a hurricane. If you guys remember, Hurricane Irma, that occurred the day or two days prior to our tended launch day, and so you know having to adjust. And I think that we wanted to go about successfully launching, but Irma ultimately ended up winning, as nature oftentimes does. In terms of we had to adapt and postpone, and and in some cases that meant doing double work and relying on satellite branches and other parties to implement and and adjust. That was certainly an unknown, but also, you know, I thought that one thing that I think that was a little bit of a unexpected element was when we, when it got down to the signing, our budgets, we did a lot for our external awareness by choice. But, you know, I think that one of the things that we ended up kind of shifting because it was so important was to make sure that the internal communications and events and launch deliverables, making sure that those were, were taken care of. And in some cases, we had to get a little bit creative and do some grassroots elements. But as you guys had recommended to us, it was such an important part of adoption that that was something that in my history with rebranding, I hadn't thought of. You know, I hadn't thought about just the sheer, the sheer cost, the emphasis needed for internal launching and
1: communications. It's a tremendous amount of hurdles Alex overcome, and I'm not sure that we've ever actually launched a brand, a global brand, especially during a hurricane. So, uh, uh, you know, that's quite an incredible story. As you're managing the creative services for a global brand, that has to be tremendously demanding. On one hand, you have branded elements like signage that are very permanent. They last a long time. They're designed to endure the test of time. And then on the other hand, you have communications like social and digital media that change at extremely high speed every single day. How do you manage it all?
0: Yeah. One of the the big helping elements is to just have a, a brand that's really strong and having essence and characteristics and structure, all those attributes that are very defined so that not for the purposes of being rigid, but for the purposes of allowing that flexibility where it's needed, but keeping consistency. So I think that a lot of it starts there, right? Having a really strong brand that people can understand in the cases where they need to take discretion, that has those rules to keep consistency. And for me, you know, looking at the things that are permanent and expensive, it was really important to me to create strict, clear policies and controls with those contacts, whether that was somebody in facilities who's going to be making decisions or somebody in real estate who's going to be purchasing new property, just kind of going down the list of all the scenarios in their day to day and identifying where they need to incorporate my guidance, where some of those guiding rules are to make sure that they're staying on track, and then also giving them a really clear briefing of that brand guidelines. You know, I think another thing was just having very strong collaboration between the comms and the marketing leads. So for me, I represent the creative. Marketing aspect of things, but I work hand in hand with the communication leaders, and whether that's America's Communication or Global Corpcom, just really making sure that you know you have recurring meetings, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about. Oftentimes, you get in there and you you start you know just kind of making conversation, and next thing you know, thirty minutes have passed and you've created a checklist as you go. So, I think having those relationships strong and really making sure that you're meeting frequently, and then I think councils, you know, having councils for sharing the important brand elements that may evolve over time and utilizing tools and resources, right? So I have a digital asset manager that we chose specifically because it's very easy to use. It allows people to adapt, but it also has functionality in there where an individual who may lead social media can go in and, and do their own assembly editing and creation of, of social media right from our assets they're not going onto Google or they're not going out and, and kind of getting in their own way in terms of building things from scratch and, and communicating the brand poorly so I think for the people who are doing things like social and digital media that has a high turnaround giving them resources giving them tools and templates and then just keep feeding it to them because you know that that's something that they don't necessarily know how to adapt or, and how to how to theme seasonally or to a, a recurring element, but to give them a lot of tools, I think that that, that kind of keeps them in line and, and also keeps them inspired to design well and to also keep a relationship going. They won't feel that they should go rogue or anything like that because ultimately I feel like if you don't give it to them, they will go their own way. So I think that it's important to kind of identify those, those different personality types and responsibilities and treat them very differently and equip them very differently
1: yeah you know, it's it sounds like internally education over communication are really imperatives yeah. for bringing people together clarifying objectives and really get, getting people on board and and taking hold of of the brand so that people can be connected and they can be good stewards
0: yeah and, and a lot of times I keep an eye out for the body language that they don't know so they just agree right and so like keeping an eye out for those moments where you need to dig a little bit deeper or or provide them an example. I felt that there are a lot of people with branding to them. It's kind of obscure and it's kind of abstract. And so they'll just nod their head. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. All right, well, well, all right. So take me through an example in your day to day where branding could be a challenge. And you start to uncover a lot of those, those areas where they hadn't really thought through what branding means as you or I
1: would interpret it. Yeah, really, I think it's really being cognizant, isn't it, about just that human level and not dismissing that. Uh, we, we've got a lot of activities that always go on, but really it's that that personal exchange and making sure that people are engaged and if they don't understand that they have the opportunity to ask the questions and really think the brand through so that people are on board and they really connect to the brand. Alex, I'm curious for our brand builders out there, what top three things do internal creative teams need to practice on a daily basis to assure across the board brand consistency?
0: Well, I think, you know, one, make it fun. The opportunities in which those creative teams get to experience the brand, share the brand. I think if you can find fun, kind of casual ways, whether that's an internal feed or an internal blog, or what we do here is we'll have Friday share sessions. Uh, That's more weekly, but, you know, just having those Informal, non-project related ways in which somebody can share their perspective on the brand. And and it kind of gives you an opportunity to establish and display good behavior in a way that's not regimented. I think especially for creatives, they're kind of looking for that. And and I think that if you can make it fun and casual, but informative and, and interactive, I think that that's a great way just to give them the experience of understanding the various ways in which a brand can be applied that is in line and, and consistent with the, the brand's guidance. I think also, we were just talking about it earlier, you know, that idea of making getting people involved. So making individuals on your team brand stewards. You know, I talked about that approval process that we had. Each day of the week, I had a different designer as a reviewer. And so they were immediately a brand steward in that they would have to look at the, the approval that was coming in and give guidance on it. And sure, there was a lot of education there and they didn't always know the answer, but that positioned them as a steward right off the bat. There's other things you can do, whether you're having one of your team members, you know, organize templates or file structure or file naming. Maybe one of your designers is the web point of contact. Just kind of finding ways in which to give people a role in this process. I think that that is just so huge for them to take it very seriously and feel part of it all. And then um, I think that, I guess the third thing that I would say is just giving people access to templates. You know, you can use Adobe Creative Suite where you can kind of create swatches and palettes and libraries of icons and images. The more you can give people immediate one click access or one folder deep access, I think the more they will follow the rules and do the right thing. And then just gearing up the non-creatives or the people who maybe interact with you who may not be on your immediate team, giving them all the templates and assets that you can imagine that they would need because You know, ultimately, they'll be left to their own devices without it. So I think that, you know, just looking at the different departments, you know, really have their own unique assets. I think that that makes them feel like they've been listened to in a special way, but it also keeps them
1: consistent with your brand. Uh, those are great thoughts, Alex. I, I think my takeaway from what you're saying is brands do not launch brands. People do. And you've got to have that human activity and that that human collaborative spirit in order to really push a brand out there and make it successful. How do people learn more about tech data? Uh, many avenues, but, you know, online we have,
0: we have a lot of information about us going to techdata.com. You know, I think that you'll see us through our partnerships, which would be with the likes of all the, the major manufacturers and software developers. So, you know, we're at all those trade shows. You know, I think that one thing that we're always trying to do is we're always trying to bring value to the technology space. And so whether that's the creative ways in which we market, whether that's the creative ways in which we execute, or, you know, the enablement and education that we do for our partners and customers, we're, we're, we tend to be everywhere because of all those things.
1: Alex, thanks so much for your time today and for sharing your expertise and insights on uh, working successfully with internal teams. That concludes our show for today. This is Michael Dula, and you've been listening to another edition of Expert Opinion. Find us at brandingbusiness.com.